Chapter seventy eight of Thomas Wingfold Curate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Thomas Wingfold Curate by George MacDonald. Chapter seventy eight The Wandering Jew. It was a fair summer morning in holy Jerusalem, and I sat and wrought at my trade for I sewed a pair of sandals for the feet of the high priest Caiaphas. And I wrought diligently, for it behoved me to cease an hour ere set of sun, for it was the day of preparation for the eating of the Passover. Now all that night there had been a going to and fro in the city, for the chief priests and their followers had at length laid hands upon him that was called Jesus, whom some believed to be the Messiah, and others, with my fool self amongst them, an arch-impostor and blasphemer. For I was of the house of Caiaphas, and heartily did desire that the man my lord declared a deceiver of the people, should meet with the just reward of his doings. Thus I sat and worked, and thought and rejoiced, and the morning passed, and the noon came. It was a day of sultry summer, and the street burned beneath the sun, and I sat in the shadow and looked out upon the glare and ever I wrought at the sandals of my lord, with many fine stitches, in cunning workmanship. All had been for some time very still, when suddenly I thought I heard a far-off tumult. And soon came the idle children, who ever run first, that they be not swallowed up of the crowd. And they ran and looked behind as they ran. And after them came the crowd, crying and shouting, and swaying hither and thither, and in the midst of it arose the one arm of a cross, beneath the weight of which that same Jesus bent so low, that I saw him not. Truly, said I, he hath not seldom borne heavier burdens in the workshop of his father the Galilean, but now his sins and his idleness have found him, and taken from him his vigour. For he that despiseth the law shall perish, while they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength for I was wroth with the man who taught the people to despise the great ones that administered the law, and give honour to the small ones who only kept it. Besides, he had driven my father's brother from the court of the Gentiles with a whip, which truly hurt him not outwardly, but stung him to the soul. And yet that very temple which he pretended thus to honour, he had threatened to destroy and build again in three days. Such were the thoughts of my heart, and when I learned from the boys that it was in truth Jesus of Nazareth, who passed on his way to Calvary to be crucified, my heart leaped within me at the thought that the law had at length overtaken the malefactor. I laid down the sandal and my all, and rose and went forth and stood in the front of my shop. And Jesus drew nigh, and as he passed, lo, the end of the cross dragged upon the street and one in the crowd came behind, and lifted it up, and pushed therewith, so that Jesus staggered, and had nigh fallen. Then would he fain have rested the arm of the cross on the stone, by which I was wont to go up into my shop from the street. But I cried out, and drove him thence, saying scornfully, Go on, Jesus, go on, truly thou restest not on stone of mine. Then turned he his eyes upon me, and said, I go indeed, but thou goest not and therewith he rose again under the weight of the cross, and staggered on, and I followed in the crowd to Calvary. Here the reader paused and said, I can give you but a few passages now. 
you see it is a large manuscript i will therefore choose some of those that bear upon the subject of which we have been talking a detailed account of the crucifixion follows here which i could not bring myself to read aloud the eclipses in it and the earthquake and the white faces of the risen dead gleaming through the darkness about the cross it ends thus and all the time i stood not far from the foot of the cross nor dared to go nearer for around it were his mother and they that were with her and my heart was sore for her also and i would have withdrawn my foot from the place where i stood and gone home to weep but something i know not what held me there as it were rooted to the ground at length the end was drawing near he opened his mouth and spake to his mother and the disciple who stood by her but truly i know not what he said for as his eyes turned from them they looked upon me and my heart died within me he said not but his eyes had that in them that would have slain me with sorrow had not death although i knew it not already shrunk from my presence daring no more come nigh such a malefactor o oh, death how gladly would i build thee a temple set thee in a lofty place and worship thee with the sacrifice of vultures on a fire of dead men's bones wouldst thou but hear my cry but i rave again in my folly god forgive me all the days of my appointed time will i wait until my change come with that look a well of everlasting tears in my throbbing brain my feet were unrooted and i fled here the reader paused again and turned over many leaves and ever as i passed at night through the lands and when i came to a cross by the wayside thereon would i climb and winding my arms about its arms and my feet about its stem would there hang in the darkness or the moon in rain or hail in wind or snow or frost until my sinews gave way and my body dropped and i knew no more until i found myself lying at its foot in the morning for ever in such case i lay without sense until again the sun shone upon me and if ever the memory of that look passed from me then straightway i began to long for death and so longed until the memory and the power of the look came again and with the sorrow in my soul came the patience to live and truly although i speak of forgetting and remembering such motions of my spirit in me were not as those of another man in me they are not measured by the scale of men's lives they are not of years but of centuries for the seconds of my life are ticked by a clock whose pendulum swings through an arc of motionless stars once i had a vision of death methinks it must have been a precursive vapour of the madness that afterwards enfolded me for i know well that there is not one called death but he is but a word needful to the weakness of human thought and the poverty of human speech that he is a no being and but a change from that which is i had a vision of death i say and it was on this wise i was walking over a wide plain of sand like egypt so that ever and anon i looked around me to see if nowhere from the base of the horizon the pyramids cut their triangle out of the blue night of heaven but i saw none the stars came down and sparkled on the dry sands and all was waste and wide desolation the air also was still as the air of a walled-up tomb where there are but dry bones and not even the wind of an evil vapour that rises from decay 
and through the dead air came ever the low moaning of a distant sea, towards which my feet did bear me. I had been journeying thus for years, and in their laps it had grown but a little louder. Suddenly I was aware that I was not alone. A dim figure strode beside me, vague but certain of presence. And I feared him not, seeing that which men fear the most was itself that which by me was the most desired. So I stood and turned and would have spoken. But the shade that seemed not a shadow went on and regarded me not. Then I also turned again towards the moaning of the sea and went on. And lo, the shade which had gone before, until it seemed but as a vapour among the stars, was again by my side walking. And I said, and stood not, but walked on, Thou shade that art not a shadow, seeing there shineth no sun or moon, and the stars are many, and the one slayeth the shadow of the other, what art thou, and wherefore goest thou by my side? think not to make me afraid for i fear nothing in the universe but that which i love the best i spake of the eyes of the lord jesus then the shade that seemed no shadow answered me and spake and said little knowest thou what i am seeing the very thing thou sayest i am not that i am and not else and there is no other but me i am shadow the shadow the only shadow none such as those from which the light hideth in terror, yet like them, for life hideth from me and turneth away, yet if life were not, neither were I, for I am nothing, and yet again, as soon as anything is, there am I, and needed no maker, but came of myself, for I am death. Ha! death! I cried, and would have cast myself before him with outstretched arms of worshipful entreaty, but lo, there was a shadow upon the belt of Orion, and no shadow by my side. And I sighed, and walked on towards the ever-moaning sea. Then again the shadow was by my side, and again I spake and said, Thou thing of flitting in return, I despise thee, for thou wilt not abide the conflict. And I would have cast myself upon him and wrestled with him there, for defeat and not for victory. But I could not lay hold upon him, Thou art a powerless nothing, I cried. I will not even defy thee. Thou wouldst provoke me, said the shadow, but it availeth not. I cannot be provoked. Truly I am but a shadow, yet know I my own worth, for I am the shadow of the Almighty, and where he is, there am I. Thou art nothing, I said. Nay, nay, I am not nothing, thou nor any man, God only knoweth what that word meaneth. I am but the shadow of nothing, and when thou sayest nothing, thou meanest only me. But what God meaneth when he saith nothing, the nothing without him, that nothing which is no shadow but the very substance of unbeing, no created soul can know. Then art thou not death? I asked. I am what thou thinkest of when thou sayest death, he answered but I am not death. Alas, then, why comest thou to me in the desert places? For I did think thou wast death indeed, and couldst take me unto thee, so that I should be no more. This is what death cannot do for thee, said the shadow. None but he that created thee can cause that thou shouldst be no more. Thou art, until he will that thou be not. I have heard it said amongst the wise that, hard as it is to create, it is harder still to uncreate. 
truly i cannot tell but wouldst thou be uncreated by the hand of death wouldst thou have thy no being the gift of a shadow then i thought of the eyes of the lord jesus and the look he cast upon me and i said no i would not be carried away of death i would be fulfilled of life and stand before god for ever then once again the belt of orion grew dim and i saw the shadow no more and yet did i long for death for i thought he might bring me to those eyes and the pardon that lay in them but again as the years went on and each brought less hope than that before it i forgot the look the lord had cast upon me and in the weariness of the life that was mortal and yet would not cease in the longing after the natural end of that which against nature endured i began to long even for the end of being itself and in a city of the germans i found certain men of my own nation who said unto me fear not ahasuerus there is no life beyond the grave live on until thy end come and cease thy complaints who is there among us who would not gladly take upon him thy judgment and live until he was weary of living yea but to live after thou art weary i said but they heeded me not answering me and saying search thou the scriptures even the book of the law and see if thou find there one leaf of this gourd of a faith that hath sprung up in a night verily this immortality is but a flash in the brain of men who would rise above their fate saith moses or saith job or saith david or daniel a word of the matter and i listened unto them and became of their mind but wherewithal the longing after death returned with tenfold force and i rose up and girt my garment about me and went forth once more to search for him whom i now took for the porter of the gate of eternal silence and unfelt repose and i said unto myself as i walked what in the old days was sweeter when i was weary with my labour at making shoes than to find myself dropping into the death of sleep how much sweeter then must it not be to sink into the sleepiest of sleeps the father's sleep the mother-bosomed death of nothingness and unawaking rest then shall all this endless whir of the wheels of thought and desire be over then welcome the night whose darkness doth not seethe and which no morning shall ever stir and wherever armies were drawing nigh each to the other and the day of battle was near thither i flew in hot haste that i might be first upon the field and ready to welcome the hottest peril i fought not for i would not slay those that counted it not the good thing to be slain as i counted it but had the armies been of men that loved death like me how had i raged among them then even as the angel azrael to give them their sore desired rest for i loved and hated not my kind and would diligently have mown them down out of the stinging air of life into the soft balm of the sepulchre but what they sought not and i therefore would not give that searched i after the more eagerly for myself and my sight grew so keen that when yet no bigger than a mote in the sunbeam i could always descry the vulture scout hanging aloft over the field of destiny then would i hasten on and on until a swoop would have brought him straight on my head and with that a troop of horsemen horses and men mad with living fear came with a level rush towards the spot where i sat faint with woe 
and I sprang up and bounded to meet them, throwing my arms aloft and shouting, as one who would turn a herd. And like a wave of the rising tide before a swift wind, a wave that sweeps on and breaks not, they came hard buffeting over my head. Ah, that was a torrent indeed, a thunderous succession of solid billows, alive, hurled along by the hurricane fear in the heart of them. For one moment only I felt and knew what I lay beneath, and then for a time there was nothing. I woke in silence and thought I was dying, that I had all but passed across the invisible line between, and in a moment there would be forevermore nothing and nothing. Then followed again an empty space as it seemed. And now I am dead and gone, I said, and shall wander no more. And with that came the agony of hell, for lo, still, I thought. And I said to myself, Alas, O oh God, for, notwithstanding I no more see or hear or taste or smell or touch, and my body hath dropped from me, still am I Ahasuerus, the wanderer, and must go on and on and on, blind and deaf, through the unutterable wastes that know not the senses of man, never more to find rest. Alas, death is not death, seeing he slayeth but the leathern bottle, and spilleth not the wine of life upon the earth. Alas, alas, for I cannot die. And with that a finger twitched, and I shouted aloud for joy. I was yet in the body. And I sprang to my feet jubilant, and, lame and bruised and broken-armed, tottered away after death, who yet might hold the secret of eternal repose. I was alive, but yet there was hope, for death was yet before me. I was alive, but I had not died, and who could tell but I might yet find the lovely night that hath neither clouds nor stars? I had not passed into the land of the dead, and found myself yet living. The wise men of my nation in the city of the Almains might yet be wise, and for an hour I rejoiced and was glad greatly. End of chapter 78